Hey there, welcome back to another fresh episode on Karishma Connect where I've got Jeremy Monceau, founder of Enchanted Tools, speaking to me about robotics and how he's making a difference in the field by embedding human-led experiences and making robotics almost partner in the human environment real time. He talks to me about the latest robot that he's launched recently at Jitex that was showcased as well. It's called Mirokai and it's inspired by anime. He tells me more about the industry, about the specialization that he's so passionately pursued for so many years now. And he also talks to me about what people need to keep in mind if they're looking to enter this field. Go check out the episode and until the next one, stay tuned. This is Karishma and I'll be back every Tuesday. We are T-minus 10 episodes away from the big 100. Support us, love us, share the episodes and do stay tuned to Karishma Connect. Until the next one, this is Karishma signing off. It's a pleasure to have you. I can't wait to know more. It's a topic that I haven't covered so far and Mm -hmm. uh, perhaps wouldn't even have as much background on but that's exactly why I do this podcast to gain insights on things that we don't usually know and we connect with the wider wider surroundings that are there around us so thank you for making time it's a pleasure it's a pleasure for me too <laughs> merci the first question I asked Jerome on, on this podcast is that Tell me about your journey so far. What, how's, how are you where you are today and what's so special about it? Yeah. Um, so I'm the founder of a company named Enchanted Tools. Uh, I set up that company two years ago and I, um, um, I uh, raised um, 15 million euros day one uh, mm-hmm. in order to develop a, a humanoid robot uh, first as a prototype uh, in only 12 months. So uh, it has been a challenge that was uh, one, uh, two years ago. Uh, it has been a challenge and we successfully uh, developed uh, a very new approach on, uh, on humanoid robots. It's a, a character that has been character designed with uh, animation movie uh, professionals. Okay. Um, yeah. And he have a 20 centimeters long ears, um, and he is all the time very happy to meet human, <laughs> and he's here to uh, help people um, uh, moving stuff around. Uh, it could be uh, in, in an hospital, in a restaurant. Uh, this is what we call social logistics. Okay. So it's uh, automatic object displacement in social places. Okay. Okay. And were you always in this field? Uh, yes, uh, I mean, I, I start my work on uh, humanoid robots uh, 20 years ago uh, mm-hmm. by funding another company mm-hmm. named Aldebaran Robotics. And we developed two um, quite well-known uh, humanoid robots. The first one is a, a 50 cent- uh, 57 centimeters high bipedal humanoid robot. Okay. Uh, so basically, I like this. His yeah. name is Nao. Uh, yeah. and perhaps yeah. you already uh, uh, saw it uh, somewhere and uh, yeah. later on with a Japanese um, phone operator named SoftBank yeah. uh, we developed another robot named Pepper which is a, a 1 meter 20 humanoid robot uh, so you have a white face white body, a tablet here on, 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 the, uh, on the body um, yeah. and, and two arms and and a wheeled 
base um, for navigation and, and, and so on. All right. And all this while, the first question that comes to my mind when I hear the word robot is how do you manage to humanize the whole concept? And that's where I'd like to begin with the podcast that with your concept and with all the robotics going on, how do you manage to keep the human factor intact? Hmm. Human factor intact. Uh, <laughs> so uh, this is quite a wide question. Um, and, and, and honestly, uh, we are um, uh, a civilization that is, is still very young in terms of, uh, of what is a humanoid robot. If you look to uh, any robot that has been developed until now, uh, they are just uh, uh, engineers' robots. <laughs> I mean, um, the question is not what is that robot, what is uh, his story, uh, what is uh, this uh, uh, emotion that you can have in front of, of him. It's not so much a question. The question is more about the hardware, the specification, mm -hmm. the capabilities, the skill of the machine. It's not about what it is. And on um, my uh, in what, the work I'm doing now is um, mixing um, three different areas. Uh, one is hardware. So what, is, what are the motors, what are the batteries, what are the CPUs? Uh, the second one is uh, software and AI. Mm. And so how the robot understand what's happened, um, um, semantics, but not only semantics. Um, and, and of course, it happened a lot, lot of uh, um, events this time around. Uh, AI. And the third one that that is very singular in our situation, but in my point of view, we all need this in humanoid robot, uh, which is animation movie. Yeah. Uh, why? Why animation movie? Because um, when we are designing a robot, and especially a humanoid robot, we are creating a character. Mm. You know? Mm. It's a uh, um, and if you uh, decide not considering this, you are designing a character anyway. I mean, if you do not choose um, the engineering um, work you will have done, will choose for you, but your character will become uh, a, a military character. It mm -hmm. will become uh, uh, something that uh, uh, scaring people. Mm. Um, and, and you know, Boston Dynamics, so, so much uh, robot producers are just producing military robots. Why? Because they do not choose that. So I decide to choose that. I recruit people. I work with a character designer in order to uh, ask ourselves um, who they are, uh, where they are coming from, what is the goal, what do they want, uh, how much they know about their own story. Um, what they, why they come here on, on Earth. And when you think about that, we are not, uh, uh, I mean, we are designing characters since uh, uh, centuries. <laughs> I mean, uh, centuries, yeah. Um, it, it has been uh, drawing, it has been uh, theater, uh, uh, movies, video game. We have characters everywhere yeah um, but there is something new that's happened now and that's exciting me a lot 
which is that the character that exists only on the windows of your TV or on the windows of your uh, um, video game can jump into our reality. This character could share my reality. So I could live in a movie. No, the movie could live in my world. Yeah. And this is uh, um, um, a totally uh, um, um, switch. It switch everything. I mean, in, in the way uh, you can design a movie, you can design a story, or you can design a character. And I deeply believe that it in a, that in a, something like 30 years or perhaps less, I hope less, 20 years, we will have movie designers, movie creators that will design uh, a story uh, in which you, you can be uh, um, physically uh, emerged, uh, involved. All throughout that you talk, I can see a lot of passion for what you do. And yeah. I'm sure that it's it's been years of hard work and years of study and all of that. What do you think has kept you, kept you going in the field? What do you think has always inspired you? Especially because you're in a field where uh, tangibility can often be a limit, limitation. You may not you may not immediately be able to see what you're trying to achieve till the time you've achieved it. And then when you've achieved it, you know, okay, this was possible. How did you deal with that feeling? How do you deal with that feeling of ambiguity? Yeah. Um, uh, yes, tangible things are very difficult to, uh, to produce. Uh, all the time you need techniques and it's cost a lot and, uh, and uh, you have some physical issue. I mean, physics uh, issue. Um, and, but on the other end, um, you know, my brain is well adapted for software. <laughs> it's very, quite easy for me to, uh, to, to play with software. Um, I could uh, decide to, to, involve my, um, to involve myself into only, only software and algorithm and, and things like that. But um, I, I like the reality so much, you know. I'm not um, um, a virtual reality guy, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, what I want is leaving something in my body in the current situation, touching things and analyzing it, how it works, and you know, actual things. And uh, and, and and for decades, um, technology focused on the digital world, trying to make users go into that uh, digital world. But I believe that now we are entering a, an area. Uh, where the technology is leaving this di digital world and, uh, and occurs uh, in the actual tangible world. And this is very exciting because yeah. if you think about what we have been um, able to do with only information and algorithm, mm. imagine what we can do if these algorithms can run on actual physical worlds. It could change the, the configuration of my space, it could change the, the building uh, configuration and the way it works. It could change a city. Um, we could organize uh, cars deplacement or object deplacement uh, following an algorithm that optimizes um, our comfort, our uh, um, ecological impact, our uh, um, poverty, um, and so much things that could now be achieved because AI could run on actual physical world, you know, yeah. because that was one, one aspect of my interest in, uh, in robots. 
um, and which is about moving, um, performing something in the tangible world. But humanoid robot is more than a robot uh, because it's a robot that become another. In French, we say alterité. In English, we talk about otherness. So um, a phone is not another uh, person. You know, it's not another ness. Yeah. Um, uh, a car is not an overness, yeah. um, but a humanoid robot is an overness. You can feel being seen by a humanoid robot. You can feel being existing in the eye of the machine, and it changes totally the way you interact with it. It changes the way you interact with technology, and it questions uh, ourselves about what we are and how much this otherness uh, uh, script the way we um, um, interact and we the way we are you know yeah how is this kind of robotics different from the others um from the technological point of view yeah yeah oh, as i said uh, a humanoid robot uh, have um uh, is anthropomorphic. So this means that uh, basically it is designed with the same proportion as the human body. Uh, mm. Two arms, fingers, um, head, sensor in the head, um, a center of mass pretty high, as I said, and sometimes bipedal robots. Um, and as you said, this, uh, uh, this humanoid robot have, could have an impact on the tangible physical world um, exactly, not, not exactly, but in the way uh, the human can uh, uh, um, change that world. Let, let me take an example. If you want to open the door, you have an handle that is that high and you can grasp and move it like that. Yeah? Yeah. Your arm is very adapted to do that movement. Yeah. But if you take any other robot, they are not adapted to that. Sometimes they are too small, sometimes they are too high. Sometimes they only have one hand. Sometimes they are, uh, you know, they have a grasper but no finger. But yeah. if you want to ride a car, if you want to open a door, if you want to move a chair, if you want to, uh, I don't know, to uh, um, open a windows, uh, and and so much action. Actually, everything around is is created for uh, human manipulation. Mm. But if we have a humanoid body then we can do robotic human manipulation, which mm -hmm. is which open so much uh, possibilities. Possibilities, yeah. Who want to follow a similar career path as yours, oh, yeah. what, do they, what should they keep in mind? Keeping in mind the future era that we are entering, all of that. Yeah. Um, so I'm an entrepreneur uh, and I, I founded uh, companies uh, five, five. And there is three, uh, three that's still uh, running today. Um, and um, so I have hundreds of uh, employees uh, today. I'm very proud of that. And, and, and I'm uh, happy because the, I think these people are happy to work in this company. So, so, so that's great. Um, and, and, but I, I'm also an engineer working on, on robotics. And I, I would say that this is two different careers. Um, mm. Uh, being an engineer working on robotics, uh, there is a lot of company uh, where you can do that. Uh, sometimes it's very exciting. Sometimes it's very industrial. Sometimes it's very, uh, I don't know, mathematical. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um, and, and here, of course, science 
and, and curiosity is very uh, uh, key um, and, and, and determination at the same time. You know, so focusing always the same things and trying to understand uh, um, what are the, the, um, the next challenge uh, all the time, uh, technical challenge. So here, um, um, I would say, of course, uh, education is very important. Um, how much you like uh, maths, <laughs> I love maths, uh, how much you, uh, you like physics, um, I mean, uh, what, what happened in a, in a, uh, in a plastics or in a, in a motor and what are the electromagnetic fields, uh, uh, how they work, what, is, what are the properties, uh, what, are, what is the sensor and how could you play with that is very, very important. Um, and it helps you to, to find some new uh, combination um, and, and, and some new approach. Because as, as we said, robotics is uh, today, in 2024, it's still a baby robotics in regard of what we are going to do in 2050. So there are so much things that need to be invented in order to simplify this very complex uh, uh, technology. And on the other end, um, the entrepreneur, entrepreneur life, it's, um, I mean, um, if you uh, do that first to, uh, to uh, have money, <laughs> you can consider uh, another way because it's not uh, all the time yes. efficient in that terms. Sometimes you are lucky. <laughs> yes. And uh, um, hopefully uh, I have some luck, so, so, so it works. Um, and, uh, um, but you have, you have to be ready to, uh, um, to, to uh, um, keep all the time the same focus. This is, I'm doing ro humanoid robotics since 20 years. I'm mm -hmm. still very passionate about that. Most of my ex-colleagues just quit the domain and they are doing something else, but not me. I'm continuing yeah. all the time, all the time. Be proud of them, pushing, yeah. pushing, pushing. Mm. That's what matters the most, I think. That's that's very uh, useful tip that you just shared there. Mm. It's a mix between uh, um, determination and uh, obstination, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. You were also at Jitex, I know, this year. And yeah. I want to ask you, what did you kind of, from all the conversations that went on, and Jitex, of course, has been happening for years. It's been pretty much the uh, platform where we all unite to gain all our you know, gain all the updates on what's happening in the field of technology. When you had the conversations and when you were part of the event, what did you learn about the future of what's coming? What's in store in the next couple of years? Yeah. Um, so Gaitex on, um, uh, is, is very inspired by Dubai, and, and Dubai is very uh, future-oriented future city. Um, and what is very uh, um, inspiring from Dubai is that they got a challenge at the beginning, like oil uh, exists, but uh, not enough uh, for the future of the city. So uh, um, the founder of Dubai uh, understood that and decided to reinvest the money of oil into the future of the city. Mm -hmm. um, and and he, he has been, uh, and they have, have been very um, uh, creative in order to find uh, what will be the uh, next adventure 
uh, mm -hmm. after the oil and be prepared for that. And, and uh, we should recognize that they successfully um, managed that transition. They got a, a major issue um, mm. that was not only uh, one company, or, but that was a complete city, yeah. a complete uh, area. And they got to, uh, um, to, to transform uh, that, that city to be ready for another future. And, and um, it could be seen as a, a metaphor of what our civilization is facing in terms of uh, uh, ecological impact uh, uh, and all the big problems we have in front of us. Uh, it's not only a city that we must change, but the complete earth in mm -hmm. order to go the right way, change the, the way we are doing things all together. And mm -hmm. this is what they have done there. Um, and, and they are still working like this. So anytime you talk with uh, Dubai people and uh, administrators, anytime they are always looking what will be the next big interesting move for the city. And in Gaitex and uh, uh, in, in the partners of Gaitex, you can feel that. You can feel that they are, are trying to, to find what is at the right scale. I'm not talking about small innovation, but uh, but something that could be applied uh, with forces uh, at the city uh, scale or more than that, possibly. And what's next for Enchanted Tools? What, what are you planning to do in the years to come and in the field? Yeah, uh, so I, I, I well know my challenge uh, because uh, um, now and Pepper has, has been a success in terms of... Uh, um, um, they have been the first humanoid robots um, exposed to untrained users massively. Mm -hmm. uh, we mm -hmm. sold 40,000 uh, uh, units over 10 years, which is very good. And, uh, yeah. But the robot was not enough. Um, mm -hmm. So my challenge today is to do at least three times what has been done. Mm -hmm. I want in 10 years to produce an, a minimum of 100,000 uh, units. Mm -hmm. um, so in order to do that over 10 years, since the robot is pretty long to be developed, we spent already two years for that. I still have eight years to produce 100,000 uh, robots. Uh, in the next year, uh, my challenge is uh, finishing the industrialization of the, uh, of the robot, and we are on the good way. Um, install the factories uh, to make sure that we are on time ready to ramp up the number of units produced by month, mm -hmm. um, develop uh, my uh, commercial networks. Uh, we have good partners. The robot is very exciting for people, so so it works. But I need to be uh, uh, in Europe, in Asia, in US, in uh, in so much different countries, uh, and I need partners. So I need the people who will find this partner and contract with the partners. Um, and I also need to create an, op um, um, an open urban factory. Mm -hmm. um, it's a place where you can meet robots, mm -hmm. you can understand our uh, approach, mm -hmm. and you can learn things and math. <laughs> you can learn how to program it. You can learn what, what is hardware, and you can discover everything. The first one will be in Paris. But I hope that uh, very soon we can open one in Dubai and in some other places too. Lovely. I'll be looking forward to that. Before I let you go, I have one more question. 
And that is why the name Enchanted Tools. How did you come uh, up with that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a long story. <laughs> In one minute, it's very different. But very quickly about that. Yes, I think we, we have two um, relations with the world. We have uh, a rational relation. So what I'm doing, what, what makes sense, uh, uh, language, maths, but, uh, but also uh, um, uh, reasoning about the world. Mm -hmm. And we also have an emotional link with the world. Mm -hmm. uh, what I feel, what do you feel, what do we feel together? Uh, what, what, uh, um, what is uh, your uh, feeling about, uh, I don't know, your kids, um, uh, a piece of art or thing like that? So the first one is rational. The mm. second one is irrational, yeah. you know? Yeah. So tools is rational. Enchanted is irrational. And we are combining uh, psychologic and, rob psychologic and, and robots art, uh, animation character, and humanoid robots. We are making all of this together to create some um, marvel for people for, and, and to re-enchant the world the more we can because this is what we do we we uh, must bring to our kids yeah yeah more power to you that 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 sums it all up perfectly for me and indeed it's a lovely name it's a lovely concept i wish you all the very best thank you so thank much you. for joining me and sharing these insights with me to the best possible thank you